Welcome back to the Maroon Weekly. It is Saturday, October 19th. We are heading into fourth week. And as always, I'm Ram. I'm Isaac. I'm Austin. We've got a lot of new voices joining the podcast this year. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Matthew, first year. I'm Beza, I'm a first year. I'm Titi, first year. I'm Timmy, I'm a second year. I'm Joanna, first year. Great. So let's jump into all of our stories that we have for you guys this week. Isaac, there was something going on with the sororities, right? Yeah, so the University of Chicago Panhellenic Council decided to suspend all events with the fraternity Sigma Chi following reports of several incidents. Isaac, what, what is Panhellenic Council? Uh, the Panhellenic Council, or Panhell for short, is a group of the sororities uh, comprised of AOPI, DG, Theta, and Pi Phi. The Panhellenic Council cited several dangerous instances involving date rape drugs alleged to have occurred at the fraternity's O-Week parties, according to an internal document distributed to the sorority members. So what did Panhellenic decide to do in response? The Panhell letter stated that this string of events highlights a concerning pattern of misconduct in the fraternity and all mixers with Sig Chi have been suspended until all this gets straightened out. Yeah, has the fraternity done anything in response? The Sigma Chi leadership said that the fraternity hosted two events where the guest's safety was at risk, but this response did not directly address the alleged drugging incidents. The fraternity said in a statement that it's conducting an internal investigation and that the incident has been communicated to the organization's national headquarters. The frat made no mention of any external investigation by the University of Chicago administration or law enforcement because current university policy does not officially recognize fraternities as school-affiliated organizations. So as such, the university administration does not play any role in regulating or overseeing fraternity activities. The Panhellenic Council's letter read that, coupled with previous misconducts, these events indicate a larger issue of the fraternity not taking safety concerns seriously. These instances have brought to light glaring inadequacies in proper alcohol, safety, and risk management trainings and policies that Sigma Chi should have in place. In response, the fraternity also wrote that it accepted and is completely supportive of the decisions made by the Panhellenic Council and the individual member sororities to cancel events with our organization. So transitioning kind of away from Greek life, Ram, you've got something about a speaker on campus this past week, right? Yeah, so former Secretary of State John Kerry spoke about U.S. affairs this past Friday at the Institute of Politics. So what did he talk about? Uh, well, first he discussed the ongoing conflict in Syria and described how it represented a shocking failure of the international community. And then he also put partial blame on Turkey for the recent revamping of ISIS and criticized President Trump's decision to pull troops near the Turkey-Syrian border that was supporting Kurdish forces. So um, did Kerry also say anything about the impeachment proceedings, anything having to do with the phone call between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky? Yes, he criticized Trump for what he decided to do investigating Joe Biden for the 2020 presidential campaign. But interestingly enough, Kerry also put partial blame on how things are on voters. He said, quote, the eligible voter turnout when Trump got elected was 55.2 percent. But the young voter turnout in 2016 was 19%. So who's to blame for where we are? And uh, what about climate change? Jeez, uh, you know, knowing John Kerry's a big advocate for the whole climate change thing, so I'm guessing he, had, he probably had something to say about that. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. He spoke <laughs> on, he did, sp he did speak on climate change, and he specifically discussed how more resources should be devoted to increasing voter education on the topic, especially with the coming campaign. 
But he also discussed how climate change deniers are partially to blame for the deaths caused by air pollution and climate change in general. So I'm guessing because John Kerry is no longer a politician, he's not afraid to criticize. He can just say whatever he wants at this point. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, Timmy, you actually went to go see Mayor Pete, right? I did, I did, yeah. When was that? What what happened? Uh, yeah, so that was yesterday on Friday. The date was October 18th yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, it was a very packed. It was, a, it was So it was at Mandel Hall. It was very packed. Okay. Um, uh, Mayor Pete was up there, and he was talking with David Axelrod. So, yeah, he at the rally, he just kind of talked about, you know, kind of the things we come to expect based on what we've seen from the debate, you know, health care, mm. immigration, kind of the kind of race relations between sort of, you know, the police and African Americans. But there are a couple there are a couple new topics that I, I think he didn't talk enough about that I was surprised that was brought up. Like, for example, when when they were taking up questions, someone uh, asked like, do you think him being a gay man, does that have like do you th- does that pose as a challenge, especially for maybe some, you know, some religious groups or the African American community? Like do that does that is that a challenge to him? And he kind of said he, he more or less said, you know, it is a challenge, but he doesn't he doesn't view that as like sort of an obstacle that he has to overcome. It's more or less it's his it, it he is who he is, and he he's more or less saying you know I this is who I am, and whether you like it or not, I'm not changing who I am because you know, and I'm going to run the way I think the the country should run. So yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah, sounds like we had uh, two failed or going to be failed presidential. <laughs> <laughs> Just we'll kidding. See. I'm not flaming. Me. Next, we have a, a story that I think everyone can chime in on. It's concerning the O-Week community service event that all first years were required to do this year. TT, can you run yeah. us through it? So the new mand- mandatory service event during orientation week called Campus Life Meeting Engage Chicago got mixed reviews from the first years concerning the success of the project. So for us upperclassmen that have like never experienced what, what this looks like before, what day of O-Week was this? Was this like based around your house or like... How is it organized? How is it organized? I hear pretty chaotically. <laughs> it was actually on a Saturday, which was kind of disappointing since it was our last Saturday before class started. And we actually had plans for the day because it was our last weekend. Yeah, but each one had to come through with the required activity. Um, it was, so starting the day, we went to Hutchinson Courtyard and we were stood on a long line that reached the main quad waiting in line to get our t-shirts to work to the event and to get our names. But then some of the issues that were faced by the students as they were going to the event were that when they got there, they realized that when they got there, they were not expected. And even getting there, the bus driver and the person that was chaperoning their event did not know where they were going. In previous years, it was an optional orientation event to introduce students into giving back to Hyde Park. However, this year it was made required for all first years. My boss personally got lost on the way to church, onto the church we cleaned on the south side, and a 15-minute trip turned into a two-hour trip. Beza, you also had issues with your event, right? Yeah. So for the most part, in the morning, everyone was like in a really bad mood, so I had no idea what was going on. My bus drove around the city for like two hours, but we ended up going to a place that was actually 20 minutes away from the college. But after that, it actually turned out to be a really good experience for me. But that was just a personal view. What did you What did you do? What did you guys end up doing? Well, I know TT. You said you ended up cleaning a church, but what did you do, Beza? So I went to the YWCA, and okay. we had to pick up trash trash around the like the area. Oh, okay. Not that I enjoyed picking up trash. It was a nice experience, but um, 
I met some really cool people, I guess, which is, like, the point of all week activities is not, like, doing the activities, but the people you meet right. through mm-hmm. yeah. doing the activities. I actually went to the same activity where we picked up trash. If I had to add anything, I guess, of note, it would be the fact that not only did we get lost, but the person that our bus driver was calling to, like, coordinate directions also didn't know where we are somehow, even though we were on one of those, like, really long main roads. It was mm-hmm. it was an interesting thing, and I'm not really yeah. surprised that, like, half our bus had fallen asleep at that point, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I- including me, kind of. Uh-huh. Out so of curiosity, did you all pick what events you had to go to, or was it assigned by house? It was assigned randomly, I would say. No, I remember receiving an email saying that, uh, like, I had to... F- fill up a form like on things that I'm interested in which right. I remembered after the program but they didn't like t- take that into account apparently yeah I don't know that was it was a form about the things like you know are you okay if working inside what skills do you have where if you had a preference would you like to you know what would you like to be doing overall I don't really know how well that form was listened to mm-hmm. I know a lot of my friends got kind of mixed reviews about what they did some of them apparently didn't even actually do much, period. <laughs> yeah, it's not a week unless there's mixed feelings about something <laughs> at some point, so. And the university put out a pretty funny statement after this event. Yes, the university did say that this was the most participation they've ever had of first years going to community service. However, it was mandatory, so. First yeah, year in my <laughs> year, it was not mandatory, so it, made, it makes sense that this would be the first year. It's yeah. like the first year that it was like, you know. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, you know, to give credit where credit is due, everyone, you know, makes fun of the University of Chicago, or not makes fun, like, actively criticizes students of the University of Chicago for staying within the Hyde Park bubble and not paying attention to the surrounding community. Yeah. So I think this is on the university's part is an active... It was a good idea. Is an step act, forward. Yeah, is, is yeah. a step forward. Exactly. They can optimize it for next year, though. <laughs> I mean, but I feel like with all the craziness, don't you think they'll just discourage people from stepping out, out of Hyde Park? Uh, I mean, I definitely I mean, feel, yeah. I mean, like, you know, the, as, far as, as far as I've heard, a lot of transportation issues have occurred, but once you actually got there, it was a rewarding experience now. There's so, mm. you know, always growing pains. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. With, with any change, there's going to be growing pains, yeah. Actually, what I appreciate about the, the, the activity was that uh, in the beginning, they talked about how we were like residents of Hyde Park. And like the lady was talking about how when she was a kid and she was living in Hyde Park, um, like the students from New Chicago like talked about their classes really loudly in the bus as if like we're these and we're these intellectuals who live in Hyde Park and you're just and as if as if they're saying like you're just residents, you're just people who live around our campus. I think it was it was a, an important activity for us to be mindful of the fact that the people here actually have homes here and we're actually, we're the intruders here, not them. All right, moving on. Matt, you have a, you have a story about a new postdoctoral fellows program at, that's being funded for yeah. economics. Yeah, yeah. So many people, even first years like me, may have noticed uh, one of the buildings our classes are in, Sae Hall, like many buildings on campus. It was named after a trustee, uh, in this case, a man by the name of Alvaro Saye, who is still alive and is still donating. This new program is called the Saye Family Fellows in Economics, and it's supposed to be a new permanent postdoc fellows program. For those who are not in the know like me, postdoc is kind of the next step after you've obtained a doctoral degree like your PhD, and you're hoping to get into more research obtaining more like lab and academic skills before you start moving into something like teaching. 
and a fellows is kind of a fellowship is kind of something between a scholarship and a grant in which you get paid to do research. So this program would aim to give early career economists kind of the ability and the money to do whatever research they want. At least that's the goal. For all of you that kids in the college, you can start planning ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty, For all you econ kids, you can start planning All the ahead. finance bros, um, yeah. Unless you want to, no, no, no. If, you, if you're selling out, then you know this, this program does not interest yeah. you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right, what am I saying? There's no money right. in academia. Yeah. So jumping back again to things not necessarily related to on-campus news, Timmy, you have a story about the CTA? Transportation. Yeah. yeah. So the the CTA they're uh, they're adding four new stations at 103rd Street, 111th Street, Michigan Avenue, and 130th Street. They're planning a major extension that would add about four, uh, 5.3 miles, and and the end stop will be at 130th Street and 95th Street. So kind of like the the planners behind this idea. The, the you know the hope is to kind of not only you know. Gain, gain more, get more people to you know ride the CTA uh, because now that now that there are more stops to go at, but hopefully to raise like you know economic profit and kind of you know extend all these uh, extend like all these different neighborhoods that usually weren't connected to the CTA now yeah. you know they get a piece of everything. Right, so. exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does U Chicago get a train stop? No. I mean, naturally. No. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the green, green line doesn't far, count. Yeah. No, I do, I do like the green. Yeah. So so yeah. How far south does the extension go? Um. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So like the uh, the like the, the the most south it goes is like 117th Street. Cool. Trains are fun. So. <laughs> My RA is listening. He would be happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Big geography guy. Uh, just a couple more stories, Joanna. You have something about the Ronald McDonald House, right? Yes. So the Ronald McDonald House at Palmer's Children's Hospital reopened its doors this past weekend after eight months of construction. So the program director, Murdell Gunlack, said she is excited to get back to building a supportive community at the house, which serves families and patients at Commerce Children's. So for, for those who don't know, Ronald McDonald's House is an American nonprofit organization that provides access to health care where children need it the most and a place for families to rest and regroup right in the hospital. And in this February, the house experienced flooding after frozen pipe burst, causing 3.1 million worth of damage. And the reconstruction project was initially expected to take three months, but ended up taking eight as the organization fixed the damage and renovated the space for families. So while the Ronald McDonald House was shut down, what alternatives were there for children and families? So prior to the reopening of the Connor House, um, the family stayed at the uh, Ronald McDonald House near the, the Loyola University Medical Center. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Comer, the Ronald McDonald's Comer House is right north of Stagfield across the street. So the last story we have to cover, which Austin will be talking about, is concerning the teacher strike, which started this past Thursday. Yeah, so the Chicago Public Schools Teacher Union started going on strike this past Thursday. Classes have been canceled for students Thursday, Friday, and for the foreseeable future. It's very interesting because members of Graduate Students United, the effort to have a Graduate Students Union here on campus, have been out striking with the Chicago Teachers Union and uh, showing their support. In other news, our local Fifth Ward Alderman, Leslie Hairston, is now having her election results challenged by Callaway, her opponent in the aldermanic elections, which happened this previous spring. This election went to a runoff and was decided by a very small number of votes, and Callaway is still contending the outcome of that election. 
cool. That's all we have for you guys this week. We hope you enjoyed listening to all the new voices that we had on our episode. Thank you to the Logan Cage for the provision of the edit suite as well as the mic. And as always, I'm Isaac. I'm Rom. I'm Matthew. I'm Austin. I'm Basil. I'm Titi. I'm Tibby. I'm Joanna. Music for the Weekly is provided by Andrew Dietz, and Aaron Senden, and Kerry Tabit La Vega. His name's Kenny, not Kerry. Don't even go here anymore. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll catch you next Monday. All right, bye. Later. <laughs>